Mr. Pop. Your don't wear suits to a rock and roll gig. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hi and welcome to another edition of uh, Rock and Roll. Uh, yes, the podcast that combines a uh, you know a bit of music, a bit of sport, a bit of nonsense, uh, a bit of me, a bit of Brian Mannix and a bit of Mark Fine. That's basically uh, what it is. So my name's Kevin Hillier. This man's name is Mark Fine, a broadcaster, a author, pool man. Hello, Finey. Good name, Kevin. That's funny, you know, you said it's a, a bit of yourself, a bit of Brian, we'll catch you shortly, a bit of myself, and that's the time. It's like a, it's the Frankenstein of podcasts, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, what was, the, uh, what was the one where just a dop of, uh, a dollop of, uh, what was the one where he made the... Big drops of vessels of terror. That's it. I drop the sinister thought. We're more like yeah, that. Milton yeah, Milton the Monster. That's it. We're more Milton the Monster than Frankenstein, I reckon. And he's well, he's our own little monster. Well, yes. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, bring us the brain. <laughs> Here he is. Hello, uh, Mr. Mannix. How art thou? I'm well, thanks, Kev. I'm well, Spiny. Now, Kevin, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but I did mention about how Joe Biden might have booked his pants for being best of Pope. Now, this seems to be an ongoing thing. That, that? The, the, yeah, well, the, the flatulence and follow-through problem the American president has has become worldwide headlines. Why? Well, did you did you hear what happened with um, Prince Charles and Camilla? Apparently, Camilla can't stop talking about the big, loud fart that he dropped when they met him. <laughs> <laughs> this guy can't even control his bowels and he's controlling nuclear weapons. <laughs> <laughs> he's a poo jogger. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, another member of the poo jogger party. Uh, I'm, 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 isn't there some sort of etiquette where, you know, isn't it that thing where, you know, someone of great, if, if the Queen farts in front of you, you don't, you don't kind of go, everyone doesn't sort of make a big thing, you just sort of... No, okay. you go straight to Woman's Day. Oh, so I've got a story for you. <laughs> you pick up 30 grand, they dub in a, you know, a little sound coming out the Queen's ass, and they've got a story. It's fantastic. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've been living a very sheltered life. I thought those, I thought there was some sort of, you know, professional etiquette or whatever that you, it was involved. You didn't sort of say, Bob Hawke came into the studio and we do an interview with him and he ripped out this enormous fart. You know what I mean? Because Bob Hawke could control his bowels. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, hang on, hang on. Look, I don't know what happened with the Pope, but <laughs> with Prince Charles and Camilla, it was just a misunderstanding, wasn't it? Oh, I because don't know. Was, yeah, because he was intru- introduced to uh, Mr. Biden, Mrs. Camilla Bowles Parker. <laughs> <laughs> he, he thought he thought somebody, you know, the intuition yeah, was Bowles. Bowles Potter, and he goes, She's a Bowles Potter. Have a listen to this one. <laughs> oh, God. Jeez. Oh, it, apparently, when he met the, um, when he went to the, uh, the global conference, he got up there and his speech went something along the lines of, Listen to this. Do good to this. La da, 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 da. Isn't American politics just a continuing bloody circus no matter who's in control of it? 
Oh, I think it's the biggest mess it's ever been at the moment. The border's a mess. They can't get food on their shelves. The tankers are piled up out front of Long Island. Yes, that's Long Island, Joe. I know you can't remember it. Um, you know, you've got the Afghanistan mess. Inflation's going through the roof. It's a mess. <laughs> it's a real mess. <laughs> you can't yes. even get his party to pass his own bill. Apparently the American people don't mind him because he, yeah. or at least his party, because they oh, had a recent, a recent, I don't know, equivalent to a by-election and he did all right. Is that or all they the, go- did all right. they did some, they have some sort of governor election and there's about 10 governors or something and they're all, all Biden's party or something. Is that what happened? Yeah. 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 The Republicans won Virginia, which they've never won. Um, Biden went from about 10 points up to losing it. Um, they nearly lost New Jersey, which they've never won, and it looks like the Democrats, the other guy won it, and then they stopped the counting, and then they went, oh, hang on, we found some more boxes of oh. envelopes. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> then the other guy got up just by that 1%. Um, no, I think he's in all sorts of bother, and he's only got 38% popularity in America, and um, Kamala Harris has got thirty two percent or twenty eight percent popularity, so they're in a, they're in a world of trouble. So, can I ask why why are you two so intensely interested in American politics, Finey? Why why is it why is it of great interest to you? Oh well, you've got a, a farting president, and you've got a, <laughs> a, a a bloke still in the wings. Who, I mean, I'll say I'll say this about Donald Trump: his behaviour is so morally unacceptable. And I'm not talking about his politics. Yeah. He is a person in life who, simply because the old muddy talk, bullshit war, yeah. just believes he's, he's never wrong and he has to win. And he still claims that he only lost that election because it was rigged. And that is factually proven by independents, by members of his own party, is incorrect. And I tell you what, I wouldn't spit on a bloke that cheats at golf and he's a <laughs> self-proclaimed golf cheater. Yeah. I mean, what sort of person is And he's still hanging in the wings. And then on the other hand, you've got, quite correctly, a bloke that is too old to lead a, a, a supposed superpower. Yeah. It's a very strange country. Well, what's what's your fascination with American politics, Brian? Well, I think uh, I thought Trumpy was hilarious. Yeah. And I think that Biden is now funny in his own way because he just stuffs everything up that he farts and he, you know, and does all that. But also, did, what... Did you, what also, did you hear at the start of that conference he fell asleep? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he fell asleep when he was the Israeli Prime Minister. Yeah. Um, I think that... Um, yeah, I think what happens in America kind of happens here. So there's sort of like a guide to what happens, what's going to happen here. Yeah. And... Um, and I just, personally, I know you obviously you don't like Trumpy. I think Trumpy's the only person on this planet that can save the planet. I reckon this planet is just going into madness and all of this climate change shit. Jesus Christ. The scientists have been predicting that we are going to be dead by 1974. We're going to turn to smoke by 1989. Gorse, there'll be no Arctic ice by 2009. Every freaking prediction these scientists have made has been wrong. There's not one thing in an inconvenient truth that has come true. And here we are 
We're redesigning the whole planet on something that I'm very sus as to whether it's as to its accuracy. The island of Ikaluna, which is going to be just completely washed out, is actually bigger than what it was. You've got to have carbon dioxide, otherwise all the frigging plants die. You've got two and a half billion people living in poverty. The only way they're going to get out of poverty is through fossil fuels. And it's just ridiculous. We're ignoring two and a half billion people on the planet right now for the sake of some half-assed science that you're not allowed to argue with, but it's very easy to argue with. An idiot. Britain's so spoken and authorised by Brian Mannix of No Fixed Address. Well, not now that he's sold his house. Uh, Fanny, no. Fanny, what's your thoughts on that? Go on. I'm not, I'm not an expert on climate change. Uh. I So it's a discussion that I'm not really in a position to talk about. Um, I Look, I don't agree with, Kev, with Brian. I don't think it's complete bullshit, only, only because I watch a lot of – the only thing I've got to go on is those shows in about Alaska because I really like all those shows and all those people think to seem, seem to think there's more water than ever. But I, I'm not an expert on it. But what I do sort of agree with Brian a bit, not on the science of climate change, but you see, these decisions tend to be made by rich or, or powerful white politicians generally. Yep. And what people do is that in life, it's a cycle you go through, but when you get older and either wealthier or more powerful, which politicians are, it's only then you start thinking about next generation. It's like, you know, I've had my nose in the trough all my life. Yes. Now I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to save the world. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all well and good to, to want to leave a better planet, but if you set up the planet now and say, Brian's right, you know, where does that leave all those people that will be destroyed by the policies that you're making? So I'm not sure about the science, mm. but they're very quickly putting a line through the livelihood of billions of people. So I do agree with that. Yeah, yeah, uh, and not their own. Livelihood. No, no, never. No. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. See, I'm, so I'm always sus on that. Now they think about future generations and their legacy. Yeah. I'm going to be considered a great person because I did this, this, and that. You know, they can afford electric cars and yeah, whatever. But the, the rest of the world can't. Uh, I, I lovingly refer to it as the legacy bullshit. Everyone wants to leave a legacy when they get to this, you know, magnanimous position in their life. I think it's a load of Correct. crap. I, I think that so, legacy thing's a load of crap. Well, that's, are you familiar with Maslow's Triangle or Maslow's Pyramid? No. Maslow's dog, but go on. They're both very much the cornerstone of psychology, which I, went, which I studied at university. Yeah. But Maslow's Triangle is the, your life. And basically, this is in the Western society. Western society, you start off um, establishing yourself, then at a certain stage in life, you have a family and then you're concerned uh, building wealth for not yourself anymore but your family. And then if you've led the Western life of, of wealth attainment and material wealth, then at the end of your life, at the top of the triangle of those last years, where you become 
obsessed with legacy, which is really, you know, you start donating money. So as people get older if they're wealthy, that's when they start giving money to charity, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Really, because that's the legacy you leave, what you'll be known as. And these people are at the top of the pyramid or the top of the triangle of their life where they've done all the wealth. They've, they've built up wealth for themselves and their families. And now, exactly what you said, Kevin, it's about their legacy, which which isn't a bad thing because they give their money away. So you see all these rich people becoming philanthropists at the end of their life. But that's only after having picked up all the other goals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, and driven by a bit of guilt and a bit of this and a bit of that. It's, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Uh, I do, when, you, when you hear people in conversation say, well, what will our legacy be? Well, why are you even thinking about that? Just do what you do the right thing. It doesn't need to be, everyone wants credit for everything and wants to be part of the, you know, we did this. It's like, just, why don't you just do it and not look for the credit all the time for it? That kind of. Is... Do, you, do you ever watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, boys? No, I've, yes. ne- I've never watched. I know Brian's a fan. Yeah, yeah I love it. It's a great episode where Larry has donated money for a wing at a hospital. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so got, you know, donated by Anonymous. <laughs> and, and Ted Danson, who's his mate, a constant rival, has also donated it anonymously. But everybody goes, and is whispering. Oh, that's Ted Danson's donated. And Larry becomes furious because he's anonymous, people know about, but nobody knows about Larry's anonymous. <laughs> yes. yes. Isn't that isn't well, that just that that kind he, of he has, to use, he has to use the toilet desperately in the wing that he's donated. Yeah. And the security guy won't let him in. And Larry goes, But I'm anonymous <laughs> <laughs> And the guy goes and the and the security guy who's never met goes Oh, that's that's a lie. Everybody knows Ted Danson's anonymous. <laughs> ah, very good. Sort of sums well, up, doesn't it? Just summing up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden took eighty-five cars to the climate change meeting. Eighty-five cars. Mm, that's good for the environment. Um, if we go for wind power, well, we're just giving all our money to China because they build all of the things. Yeah. And why hasn't Greta Thunberg? Why didn't she get up and stand up and? Tell everybody that Antarctica just had its coldest winter in about thirty years. Right. Why isn't that in the news? Didn't they all fly in in private planes too into Glasgow? Yeah, private yeah. jets. There's about sixty or six hundred private jets. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you got China, who's responsible for thirty percent of the world's emissions, not going. Russia, who's between China and Russia, you nearly got you got about forty one percent of the world's emissions, and they're not even going. So uh, how yeah. much of the world's emissions is Joe Biden responsible for? Boy, well, he's, he's <laughs> doing nothing to help climate change with his wins. But he's... You he's, know, the methane <laughs> he's letting out is worse than, you know, an old fridge. <laughs> Putting the cows I mean, to show. You know, methane apparently is a big problem. This is, I'm, I'm being serious now. Yeah, right. um, okay. So wait, wait till the... Sort of um, very active, and don't worry, they're they're a group. But the the vegans get a hold of that because you know cows produce cows a lot of, of yes. <laughs> well, they they want to vastly reduce cattle numbers, so hoard your steak. <laughs> There's a joint in Queensland that found that if you feed the put some kind of seaweed in with the feed, 
it reduces their fart by about 80%. They should give <laughs> Joe Biden some of that. But I reckon you do that. You know, I don't believe in climate change, but obviously a lot of people do. So, okay, we'll give the, the cow some seaweed. Problem half solved. Nuclear power. Problem's done. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Nuclear power and seaweed in the cow feed. Plant a few more trees. Stack the greens. And we're good to go. <laughs> Thank you, President Mannix. You were it. Hey? <laughs> Thank you, President Mannix. Thank you well, very much. You, and I'll tell you about electric cars, they're brilliant cars. Yeah. God, they're, those Teslas are powerful, fast. I mean, I don't mind. I'm not saying I've got a problem with petrol cars, but I've got a problem paying $2 a litre, let me tell you. Oh, jeez, isn't the price of petrol been bouncing around a lot of recent times? Well, I think you're catching a bad bounce there. Yeah, $1.59 I drove past, uh, which is the cheapest. Uh, it's quite amazing. Uh, the, uh, there's one service station in my area that always has a lineup of at least 20 cars going into it, no matter what the price is, because their price is always... Twenty cents cheaper than anywhere else. It's like a dollar eighty everywhere else and dollar sixty at this joint. Well, well you not you're not driving at the moment, are you, Brian? No, I'm not. I would, I occasionally drive my daughter's car, but no, I'm not in the car. I'm just public transport and Uber man, I guess. There you go. Which is good actually, because I quite like public transport, and um, you know, running a car it's pretty expensive. If, if I think if you just use Ubers for six months. And public transport, it'd be a hell of a lot cheaper than um, actually running a car. Oh, probably by the time you buy petrol, by the time you insure it, um, by the time you service it. Yeah, probably right. Oh, I need a new tyre. Oh, actually, I need two new tyres. You know, yeah, just one thing after another. Yep. No, that's true. No, it's very true. Bloody expensive. No, I I renewed the insurance on both the the cars the other day, and that uh, it's it's bloody expensive. Very expensive, actually. Yep. Yeah. Because you can't yes, afford, and then and then if you ding them on anything, you can't afford to. Uh, anyway, it costs you a fortune because no one fixes anything anymore. You have to get new everything. Everything's made to be broke. Yeah, exactly. I had a bus side to side swipe me or took a took my left hand side mirror out. Uh, oh, beautiful bit of bus driving actually for him only to take that and not and not touch one other bit of the car. All he did was take my mirror out. The cost of that mirror in the end was a fortune. I couldn't believe how because it's got all electronic bloody gadgets going in because you can move it up and down and sideways and all that. Uh, the the side mirror on the car was with a bloody fortune. Unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Mine. Mine. I'm saved with mine. Somebody clipped it. Yeah. That person. That person's name was Mark Fine. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and. Yeah, the electric went on it, and I ended up just—it was sort of hanging there like a loose tooth. I ended up just electric taping it in position and stuff, and I'll, I'll use it like a manual side mirror. Yep. Well, you wouldn't be the only person in the world doing that. No. All right. Let's now that we've fixed the climate of the uh, the planet, and we fixed the American president, we fixed the <laughs> farting cows. We've done pretty well for the yep. first twenty minutes of the show, I reckon. I reckon it's, we're killing it today. Yeah, <laughs> it? All right. Yeah. Uh, well, what, what's it called? What's it called? Angry old men. Or, <laughs> you know, when you get to, yeah, we're going actually angry old just farts. Quickly, just quickly, when um, they were doing the you know the race for the presidency, Joe Biden got up and he was talking about domestic violence, 
and how we've got to stop domestic violence. And he saw poor choices. We've got to just keep punching and punching and punching. <laughs> oh, what an idiot. You talk about domestic violence, you've got to keep punching and punching and punching. Uh, oh, you idiot. Yes. Go and have a bath. All right, sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, uh, let's talk a little sport, the T20 World Cup finally. Right, I've, got, I've got one other thing to add. Yeah, okay. Yeah, about time. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're all vaccinated, correct? Yep. Yes. Now, one thing I've said about Andy Baxter is that I just haven't heard a legitimate reason from them for being anti-vaxxers. I think, you know what I think with a lot of anti-vaxxers? There's sort of this whole COVID thing, there's been on that, in that group of people that are um, suspicious of the whole thing, et cetera, et cetera. And they're sort of really sort of pin their, their name and, and raise their flag on, on anti the whole thing. So, they sort of said, I'm anti-vaccine in the early days. And, and there are a certain percentage of people that just, once they've made a decision, they stick by it. And they're yep. sticking by it. Yeah. But, but the reasons of, I'm doing my own research, bullshit. No, you're not. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't put anything I don't know in my body. That's often by people who snort coke. <laughs> something, yeah, something to give problems or smoke cigarettes. Yeah, yes. Really? Yeah. God, even if you've had a McDonald's hamburger, I wouldn't be saying that. Yeah, um, correct. You know, members of the members of the builders union claiming that it causes problems in pregnancy. Well, when are they getting pregnant anyhow? These blokes look these look these blokes look past their past, you know, they would have gone through men men of Pause, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I stand corrected because a couple of days ago I had a very, very good reason not to get vaccinated. And it just sort of pointed out to me that hey, maybe people do have personal reasons not to get vaccinated, so I'm gonna be a little bit more tolerant. Yeah, go on, what happened? So I've got a friend of mine, she's just a long standing friend. I don't talk to her all that often. Um but I do know that she has had terrible problems with her mum who's got a pokies addiction. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah. during, during lockdown, she said it was great because her mum didn't even think about pokies because all the venues were closed. And the problem only, you know, so it shows that it's really psychological, you know. It, it's, and when the venues opened up, the family sort of said to her, look, how about this? Don't get vaccinated because you won't be able to get into any venues because you've got to show that you, you know, your vaccination that you've been double vaccinated, or they won't let you in. Yep. She said it's working really well because when she, because she's not allowed in these places, she doesn't fixate on it. Yep. But they know that if she had her passport, vaccination passport. She'd be straight in she'd there. Be sneaking off to the, she'd be sneaking off to the pokies again. Yeah. And it's not, like she, it's not like she's desperate to get vaccinated to go to the pokies. That two-stage process doesn't really enter her mind, apparently. And they're in a very comfortable place, you know. She said, they said, all right, she might not be able to go to restaurants or whatever, or, but that's not the 
problems. She said that we are just loving and she's loving, the woman's loving the fact that it's not on her mind all the time. So yeah, she's okay. not going to get vaccinated. Okay, that's a that's a bright spot in a, what was an otherwise you know not a bright uh, good outcome for them. Yeah, yeah, In- interesting. Though. They just sort of yeah opened my horizons a bit. Well, so similar thing happened to me this week. Uh, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who has enormous anxieties about the the vaccination, not the process so much, and it is that uh, thing about uh, you know not not wanting to risk. Um, what he feels is an untried substance going into his body. He has great anxiety about that and is comfortable in the knowledge that if he isn't vaccinated, he won't be able to do X, Y and Z or go to X, Y and Z. Um, And uh, he's copping a hard time where he works because of it um, and has been, you know, told to work from home, not come into the office, all those sorts of things. So the the ramifications of him not being vaccinated have started to, to, to hit home. Uh, but he's he's standing on his dig and saying no, no, I'm, I'm, that's that's what I think. Um, and until someone can prove to me otherwise, I'm not going to have it done. So, yeah, I'm 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 very pro-choice, but I'm also kind of I say to the people who say that sort of stuff to me that if you're willing to cop the ramifications of it, fine. I don't mind if you're not vaccinated. I don't know whether I'd- yeah, I don't I don't think people should have to get vaccinated. Um- it's against our constitution. Fifty-two point three, or something like fifty-five point three. Um, you can't, you can't force people to have a medical procedure, um, and that's why the government is getting Qantas and SPC and all of the other companies to do it. But the government can't legally, maybe under a state of emergency, they can, but they can't legally force you to get any kind of medical procedure. Um, it's against the Constitution, and so to make it mandatory, which the government isn't we're doing because legally they can't. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if people don't want to get a vaccine, well, okay, you've probably got a bigger chance of getting it, but that's your choice, you know. If, if yeah. you don't want it, don't get it. Uh, but, there, know, but, but there are ramifications. I mean, there are things that you, that you clearly, you know, AFL footballers, Men or women uh, are going to have to be double vaxxed if they want to play. I mean, I think they've made that pretty simple. That's a, a almost a stipulation of the of the work agreement. Are you allowed to do yeah. that? Oh, the AFL can, but they're not the government. But what if you're a public servant? Is it mandatory that you have to get the um, the jab? I don't think it is. If it is, it's only because there's a state of emergency on at the moment. But um, mm. you can't. It's because of the Nuremberg thing with the doctors from Hitler that used to sew arms on people and sew people together, they all got hung. And then after that, it's the Nuremberg Code, and that basically says that people can't, yet governments can't force medical procedures on people. Yeah. So, so the oh, uh, well, yeah. little bit. And I, and I, I kind of understand if you if you do have a a problem about uh, you know putting it in your in, in your body and you're worried about you know a thalidomide type uh, thing happening to you because of it. I'm not saying that's what'll happen to you, but that sort of circumstances, uh, I can I can understand people going no, oh, that's that's their right. Well, if you had a condition of you know a history of blood clotting, you wouldn't want to be getting known about it. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there are medical conditions where you. Um, not wanted. However, with regard to the thalidomide thing, because that's what I was thinking, but somebody pointed out to me that it's actually 
pretty much like one of our old flu drugs, and it's just been sort of added on to. So it's not like it hasn't been tested, you know, for seven oh, or eight okay. years. We've been using we've been using this type of drug for years. So it's a variation. And now it's, it's a variation yeah. of something we've already, which made me feel a hell of a lot better because. Yeah, okay. Um, in saying that, my mate up the pub is about thirty six. He got. Uh, visor, and then three days later had a massive brain aneurysm, was in hospital for two or three weeks with that. So, and, and, spikes and, and you can't say that that's you can't categorically say that that was the reason it happened, but that's the set of circumstances. <laughs> well, one of the c- complaints I've heard about Pfizer and Medina is that um, they sort of like spike into parts of your body inside, right? And the spike goes in and it does its job, but half the spike hangs out and then that eventually breaks off and that can travel through your tubes or whatever and scrape the skin in your tubes and then you can have a piece of skin that will break off and flow through your bloodstream and get into your brain. I don't believe that's true. Well, that's what I'm told. I distance myself from that comment. That is unfounded. Well, so is climate change that we're going you know, they, they told us in 1974 it's all going to be, we're going to cool down. It's going to be an ice age. Now it's going to be, oh, it's hot. They get it wrong all the time. Yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm I not, think we get so much misinformation today. I think that's that true. You really, you've got to do your own research and find out your own things because CNN is just going to tell you Biden's great. Fox is going to tell you Trump's great. The Herald Sun's going to bag Dan Andrews. The Australian's age is going to not bag at Dan Andrews. You know, it's just, Oh, you can find like a truth. You can find your own version of the truth wherever you want to find it, and you can find find your own conspiracy theory wherever you want to find it too. I'm I'm a bit with finding. I love a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I know you do. I'm a bit with finding on that one. I'm not. I'm not convinced that that uh, that's a panacea of uh, the effect of that drug. Sure, maybe. I'll, that. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you. Bloke, this. We all broke in a pub. Told me must be true. Yeah. <laughs> in a pub. We all Sorry. got the polio shot when we were at school. Yep. As kids. Yep. And polio basically doesn't exist anymore. Yep, true. Yeah. Well, thank goodness we weren't trying to knock off polio today because there'd be enough. <laughs> enough yeah, no, that's a good point. We'd, no, we'd never knock it. It's a very good point. Yeah, no, it's a valid point. Uh, well, I, I think I, I think my year might have been the first that had the the, the Sabin. Uh, polio one, you know the uh, yeah. was that that was the, that was the first one where it became it went from being a needle to being uh, you took it orally on a spoon. Yeah, a little yeah, pink I thing. Yeah, yeah I, I remember there was that little pink thing on a spoon. Yeah, yeah. everybody thought everybody thought that was okay. Yeah, and then yeah. they had to get some other shot in the arm that was bloody <laughs> agonising. It oh. gave half the kids a permanent mark on their arm. Yeah, that was that? Too, was that chicken pox? Was that chicken pops and yeah, mumps like and that. stuff? Yeah, it was like a little needle that they just pin around it or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was like, hang on, where's where's the where's the pink stuff on the spoon? <laughs> <laughs> I've I've still got the little round scar on my on my arm from that needle. Yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. It. everybody's got it. Yeah, I'm disfigured. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get the scar, but I've got the needle. I'm disfigured. I'm not happy about that. I've just realised I'm disfigured. I should I should have sued. What was I thinking when I was? Yeah, what was I thinking when I was? Ten or whatever. Clearly, it was. Yeah. Oh, trust me, I wasn't thinking when I was ten. Not about my arm, anyway. Um, uh, now, uh, to, now let's now let's get to a bit of sport before we get to this dreadful bloody chart that I've come up with this week. Yeah, 
Yeah. I can. We, we hadn't done 1983 before, and uh, no, I'm not sure we'll be doing it again. <laughs> no. God, it's shocking. A but t- I want to talk about the T20 because the uh, the semifinals coming up this weekend. Finally, it's looking all uh, almost to me 100 percent like you're gonna you, you're on the money a couple of weeks back when you said it would be England and Pakistan. Yeah, it's going to be hard for Australia to beat Pakistan. Very hard. Yep. But you're never quite sure with Pakistan, are you? And then there's always this thing about Australia. They're no good, they're no good, but you still bang bombs. Mm. So there will be that hope. But I, Pakistan by far the better team so far. Yep. And England have been. Geez, England have been good. Yeah. Yeah, they've looked great, but they've lost a couple of players. Is Roy um, out? Did I see something this yeah. morning? He's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He had his calf. Yeah, yeah. I saw it when it happened. He was in tears. So Roy's out, and Mills is out. Oh, they, they um, see the left arm quick. Yeah, and yeah, so he's out. They brought Wood back in, but he he was quite expensive in his comeback game. Um. Yeah, yeah. They, New Zealand are tough to beat when when it comes down. Well, that, that'll be a good game in New Zealand. New but, Zealand's bowling attack yeah. is brilliant. Southie and Bolt are just terrific. Yeah, they're going great, aren't they? Yeah. And well, this Devon golf that was a, that's a good trivia question. I've just given the answer away. You know, coming into this tournament, Devon Conway had a test average above seventy five, a one day average above fifty. And a T20 average above 50, above 60 for the one day and above 50 for the T20. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And he's a good – and he's a keeper too, but he's a good batsman. Yeah, he's a good Ooh. batsman. Oh, he's a good batsman. Um, oh, well, it'll be interesting. Look, it could – it could. I think it's probably going to go the way of Pakistan and England, but it could go the other way as well, easily. Really. Yeah, so it's been a good tournament, hasn't it? Um, I watched the West Indies Australia game the other day. I must admit, um, and I know he's an, a, a pain in the bum uh, to watch. But by geez, Chris Gale—is he not the one of the most charismatic cricketers that we've ever seen since probably Viv? I love Chris Gale. I love him. Oh, so do I. When he got the wicket at the end, <laughs> when he got the wicket and got Mitch Marsh, um, yeah. I, I was I was jumping up and down in the in the lounge room. It was Barbara's one in the morning or something stupid like that? But I, I thought it was terrific. I love his I love his nickname. What is his nickname? Universe Box. Oh, that's right. It was on the runners. Yeah, on his on his cricket shoes. No, he's terrific. Universe. Is he the one that we find twenty thousand dollars for flirting with the? Yep. That was ridiculous. Yeah, don't, don't, what, is it, what did he say? Don't. Don't blush, baby. That's right. Yeah. He said, you're batting really well out there. And he said, uh, well, I thought if I made a few runs, I might get to talk to you and maybe ask you out <laughs> for a drink. And she's gone. Uh, and he goes, don't blush, baby. You know, it was just a joke. You know, people are yeah. sensitive. But I love his bling, too. He looks good. Oh. I've got a good, tri- I've, got, I've got a trivia question to ask you, but. Yeah. Okay. Who's played more test cricket, Chris Gale or um, Chris? Or what's Pollard's first name? Sean. Kyron Pollard. No. Kyron, that's it. That's it. So big... who's played more tests for West Indies, Chris Gale or Kyron Pollard? Oh, it's probably Chris Gale. His, his test record's actually pretty good. What do you reckon, Brian? 
Well, I reckon it's a trick question, so I'll take Iron Pollard. <laughs> it is a sort of trick question. Uh, yeah. Do you know what the respective test numbers are? No, I don't off the top of my head, to be honest. Chris Gale, 103. Tests. Tyron Pollard, yep. Tyron Pollard, zero. Has he not played a test for the West Indies? No. Good God. No. If you ask people that question, they think, oh, you know, Gale's a mercenary. I'm going for Pollard. Wow. But I didn't realise he hadn't played, played a test. He played, 100, he played 103 tests. That's, that's a fairly committed effort over your career. Oh, yeah. yeah. Two test triple centuries yep. and three test double centuries. Well, you'd hang out on that, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. Pretty good player, eh? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no argument from me on that. I, uh, I, I, and I love watching that the, the whole celebration of him and um, DJ Bravo the other night. That was that was really good viewing. Yeah, it was good. Better, was good. better, I think, than the Fantasy Island reboot, which apparently launches this week. Can you believe that? Oh, really? Yeah, and Mr. Rourke and Tattoo are now women. Yeah. Of course they are. <laughs> I like tattoos on me. <laughs> no, no, it's not, and he's not. He's not uh, a, a sort of height challenged. It's. It's. I believe the the one promo I've seen is that Mr. Rourke and and whatever the characters name. I don't think it's called Tattoo now. Tattoo is um yeah. is played by two females. Well, they're they're remaking that um, movie about Neil Armstrong called First Man. They're going to get a girl to play <laughs> Neil Armstrong. Yes. And they're going to remake Little Women with The Rock and Arnold Schwarzenegger and <laughs> get rid of all of the talking about emotions and have a car chase yeah. instead. That'd be great. You know what Damien, Edna Everett said about Neil Armstrong and whatever? No. What? Isn't, isn't technology marvellous? They're put a man on the moon. They still can't put one on my team in the rattle <laughs> Yes, wonderful. What was the last bit? Can't put one on Still Martina put... Navratil over. Oh, <laughs> very good, very yes. good, very good. And, and, and you know what she said about 1956 and television coming into Australia? No, no. You know, because they brought it in for the Olympic Games. Yep. And she said, "I'll never forget 1956 and watching the rain." On the television, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like yes. an Australian, an Australian swimmer. swimmer. Yes, <laughs> watching Lorraine crap yeah. on the pool. Yes, beautifully done. All right, uh, and I think that uh, covers everything. Are you in the curse? No, of the it does not. Oh, what? 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 Oh, 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 what? Oh, oh, what? I'm forever blowing bubbles. Well, give Michael Jackson his monkey back. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty bubbles in the air. Oh, we're going to talk about West Ham. Oh, they fly so oh, high. Bloody hell. Never reach for the sky. Oh, well, how good are West Ham? Uh, yes, they are very good. good. They are very good. They're very good at the moment. It's third, yeah. aren't they? Yes, yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah, Liverpool, fair and square. Beat Liverpool. That's a big, that's a big, big, big three-two, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was a great game. Yeah, and superb, superb. Yes, well Bournemouth done. Bournemouth look like they're going to get back in the Premier League next year. Very good, very funny. Who who does Bournemouth? I think. Oh, oh, you're 
Oh, that's right. Because they're ridden black. You love Baldwin. That's right. And because they've only got a stadium that holds 9,000, I just think it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah they're, they're good. They carry. They're very good. Yeah, just, nobody seems to be able to score against them. So they must have a very good back line. They are, they are going very well. But, yeah, so beautiful news yes. in the world game. All yeah. right. Then my, my mob look bloody terrible. They sacked the manager last week and they've uh, Tottenham are teetering. They should be – they're not Tottenham, they're teetering. They're uh, they're very ordinary for the talent they've got in that team. My God, they're playing very I'm, I'm, One last little sporting month. Mm-hmm. I watched a movie. I caught a movie on TV yesterday. I was just flicking the channel mm-hmm. and I ended up on NITV the Indigenous Station. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I watched the movie. I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed it. It was brilliant. Oh, was it? It's called Sunny and the Dark Horse. And it goes for an hour and a half. It's sort of a, it's a documentary. Yeah. Sunny is uh, an Indigenous bloke uh, that was brought up on a cattle station, went to live in town in Melbourne, I think, um, married a white girl, and then got offered the position of station manager at that big station again, Colo Colo. But his absolute love was horses. Being a stockman, a great horseman. And his passion became picnic race meeting. And, oh, right. You know, he, he, he bought a couple of horses, a couple of ex-race horses at the sales. You know, got one at Casino, bought one at Armadale, just for six or 700 bucks. It was made in 1986. Yeah. But basically, you know, tracked his family life, which was really sweet as well. Very, very funny. Not funny, very cute because uh, he rides the horses, but he's a bit too heavy. He gets a jockey to ride it. Yeah. And the jockey keeps coming to his place every weekend to ride the horses, getting them ready for the races. And then he worked out he's not here for the horses, he's here for his, he, he was there for his daughter. Oh, right. Oh. And they up together, which is very cute. But it goes to these. He's from Northern Rivers in New South Wales. These tracks, I don't think they exist anymore. Coots Creek, Piora, Kaikara, and they're really just, they're not, they've got a rail, but they're not round. So oh, they could okay. race over 1,000 metres. They've got starting goats, but good crowds, bookmakers, and it's really fun. Oh, really? Right. a good look at, at real country racing, you know, yep. picnic racing, getting the, having a bet on and, you know, the wife in the last race, they got a winner. And he, he sort of been sick and tired of losing money, but she spent $50 out of the cookie jar and they were having a good laugh. And, you know, that was great. So what's it called? You know? What in the Dark Horse? Sunny and the Dark Horse. Sunny and the Dark Horse, I'll okay. Give, I'll give you an idea of our political correctness might have changed. Oh, yeah, right. So if I, but the horse that he was with in the last race is the Stark. It was a sort of black horse that he bought at the sale yards. It was an eight-year-old, but it had won a, a, a proper race in, in the country. Um, but they had to give it, they had to rename it. He wanted to sort of put it into the smoky. You know what they said? What name they said? Oh, this black horse. Yeah, God. Oh, oh, I'm cringing. What? Sambo. Oh, Jesus. What? Sambo. Sambo. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Not quite sure that they uh, cut the mustard uh, in 2021. Yeah, they were all Aboriginal fellas that named it, but yeah. up yours. Yeah. 
Well, they, they, they famously they uh, they rejected uh, Blackman as a name for a, a, a race. I think it was a racehorse. I don't think it was a trotter. Um, in the well, last couple of years, they knocked that back. Well, there you go. Yeah. So well, I remember. I remember very clearly when I started following Greyhound when I was fourteen or fifteen. Uh-huh. There were dogs racing with the N word in their name. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that right? I remember in my in my street, there was a dog called that. Wow. Yeah, he had a black dog. That was a common name for it. Oh, really? Jeez. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Until recently, there was a – I mean, there was a, in New South Wales, I can't remember which country town, their rugby league star was a guy whose surname was Black. Yeah, the, the Oval and, was named after him. Yeah, and his nickname was the N-word. Yeah, and the Oval was called the, the Ronnie N-word yeah. something Oval, yeah. Actually – have yeah. a look at the movie The Dam Busters. Remember that movie, The Dam Busters? Yeah, famous uh, Second World War yeah. film, wasn't it? Well, what's the dog in that called? Is it really? Same word. It is. And they even name one of the missions after the dog. Oh, God. Yeah, because I, I, I liked that movie. But then the last oh. time I sort of went, my God. Is, is the dam- just going, hey, old boy, come here. Is, and they're just calling him all the time. Is that the movie? Well, right. Is that the movie where they they actually they drop the bombs and they bounce onto the thing? Is that that's it? That's it. That's, yeah, that's, that's a one. great yeah. film. Yeah, yeah well, something to look at now. You know what technology that was? No. Right, so they built they built these bombs, and the problem was how do you drop a bomb into a dam without it sinking? Yeah. And one of the scientists, the professors building the bomb, was a keen golfer. Oh, yeah. And he, he knew that if you hit the balls with backspin onto the green, they would spin back to the hole. Yeah. So they came out of the back of the plane. Now, they tried it with round bombs originally, and that didn't, that was harder to spin. So they actually got oval bombs, but they came out with backspin on them. So when they hit the water, they didn't sink, but they spun back towards the damn wall. Okay. There you go. So it's actually golf ball technology from backspin. There you go. In the movie, I think they, they drop the bombs and the bombs seem to go forward. Yeah, I think but, that's right. My memory of that. It's too. a movie, but, you know, it's a movie. Yes, exactly yeah. right. Hey, while we're talking about things to watch, uh, Yellowstone's back on, uh, I think it's on Stan. Oh, God, with Kevin Costner. Is that a good show? And Jackie Weaver pops up in the first episode of the uh, of the, the latest series. It's a, it's, a, it's a groundbreaking show, that one. It's going to finish up being up there with The Sopranos and all those shows. It's the great, one of the greats, I think. Jeez, it's good. Well, I've watched about three episodes of the first series and, I didn't like any of the characters in it. Oh, so it, develops, it. No, it develops as they go along. It's good. It's really good. This is series <coughs> four, I think. Well worth having a look at. Okay. Is Yogi Bear in it? <laughs> no, no, Yogi Bear's not in it. Neither is Boo. Is there a picnic basket? Uh, hey, Mr. Ranger. Oh. Hey, Mr. Ranger. Um, all right. Here's, here's a good one. Yeah. If you ever work in an office and you have problems with the computer, and you call the IT guy up, be very careful. Listen to what he says when he's on the phone or there's two IT guys up. 
because if the word picnic comes up, mm-hmm. they're, they're having a go at you. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, where'd you learn that? Yep. Oh, my, my, one, of my boys, one of my boys is an engineer. He'll go, he's very keen to go design the next bomb. But um, the other one is in computers, and he's very good, very good. Okay. So, and, that, um, so that's the code word for, like, wanker or dickhead. Yeah, uh, because I got into – I was having problems with my, com- with my computer. I don't have a computer, but the page on my wife's computer that belongs to me. Mm-hmm. And he just – he's fixing it, whatever, and he goes um, – he says to me, um, it'll take a few minutes, go outside and have a picnic. I said, what? And he goes, problem in customer, not in computer. <laughs> Oh, ah, pick me. Oh, it's one of those. Okay. Ah, very good. I like that. Yeah. Problem in customer, not in computer. Very nice. All right, boys. So we've put it off for long enough. Let's get to this chart. 5th of August, 1983. The number one album on the 3XY album chart was Synchronicity from the Police, and the number one single was Australiana by Ostentatious. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to come up with your three best and three worst out of this. We've got uh, plenty of feedback which I'll share with you shortly. Uh, but, uh, Mr Mannix, you're opening the batting. Oh, boy, this is an absolute <laughs> stinker. I couldn't even find anything that was good. Um, I just had to put mediocre songs in for good because I just there's nothing on this that I love. Was there a lot of stuff on this you, had, you didn't remember? Uh, yeah, the stuff that I'd... Willfully forgotten. Yes, um, <laughs> that's the yeah. list. Yep. Okay, um, I'll get the ball rolling. I'm going to say now. Be careful, Brian, because there's some very heavy betting being placed on uh, on your selections, according to mo- what I've got on Facebook. Well, he's a mate of mine. It's been number one in America, I think, twice. So I'll, I'll go for uh, real life. Send me an angel at number ten. Oh, that's my my. Third good one. Okay, that's your good pile. Good, yeah, yeah. The David, um, David Sterry, bloke you're talking about? Yep, yeah, I'm going to go for number 23 is my bad one. Uh, There's a fraction, too much friction. Okay. Yeah, oh, that shit me. That is just shit out. Okay, so the bookies, the bookies have had to pay out early on that. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, my bet is David Chet says my bet is Brian will hate fraction too much friction by Tim Finn. So good on you, David. Yeah. Uh, you got that one right. It's also mentioned uh, here. Not uh, it says not taking bets on fraction too much friction. The bookies have uh, laid that one off. Someone else mentions that uh, I'll just find it here. Well, they mentioned that you'll pot that one. Um, so no, you haven't let anyone down there, Brian. That's good. Okay. Right. Got Tim okay. Fin- got Tim Finn in nice and early. Escapade, All the right. album was number seven, so it had some good songs on it, Escapade. But he won songwriter of the year that year. Yeah, well Fraction Too yeah. Much Friction wasn't one of the good songs on that album, I don't think. Made my no, day, I didn't made my day was Made My Day is a good song. That was better than Fraction Too Much yeah, Friction. Absolutely. That's a lot say. All right, Fanny, what do you got? Well just on Fraction Too Much Friction. Mm-hmm. When it comes to personal lube that is not true. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> you know, and by the way, the best you can buy is called Pajur, but it's very expensive. Um, I don't have stakes in the company. Thank you, Dr. Fine. Yeah. Um, 
Right, my number three bad one is, look, it's not terrible, but it is very annoying. Mm-hmm. And I just bring it to people's attention because I swear I watched the film clip and I thought it might have been a stand-up from Saturday Night Live. And it's just funny. And just catch the keyboard player. I'm pretty sure he's, well, I shouldn't say anything, but I'm not sure if he's completely human. Um, so it's the walls come down by the call. Oh, uh, yeah. And the whole movie, the whole song has behind it just one single riff that I think at the one minute 20 mark there's a, a key change and then it goes back to the same. It's that annoying keyboard. Yeah, it is. So that's my third bad one. Yep. My third good one, well, it's on the start. Now, I'm not saying it's a great song to dance to because it's not a song, but Australiana was brilliant. It really was. Yep, I agree. So I'm putting it in my third good one. Yep. Okay. Yep. What about you, Kev? Uh, oh, jeez. Okay, I'll go bad first because uh, there's so many to choose from. My God, there's some dingy, creepy, horrible, skin-crawling Pieces of vinyl crap here, but and that's just Cliff Richards, <laughs> Cliff and Phil, uh, Cliff Richards and Phil Everly together. Goodness me! Um, but I got to say, it, it, I, I thought I thought he used to be involved with Phil McCracken. <laughs> no, 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 different bloke. Um, uh, my number three bad. Uh, God, this, they thought they were the Jackson 5 and they weren't. They were just, they were terrible. I think one person came out of this band and went on to uh, not really do anything musical. He actually just married someone famous and kind of f- fed off that for a while. Uh, the number 20 song on this chart, Candy Girl by New Edition. What a bloody annoying what do you mean song. one person married somebody? Well, Bobby. That person was Bobby Brown and he bashed the shit out of her. <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. He married someone famous and that he got famous because of that. So not exactly um yeah. Yeah. or I'm with you. Yeah. Um I saw him in, I saw him at Wet and Wild on the Gold Coast. I walked into Wet and Wild and there was all these security people everywhere wondering what the hell was going on and he was there. My God was he a but talking around talk about drink your own bathwater. Um so number three, Candy Girl from New Edition in the bad pile. In the good pile, oh, look, Brian, there's two Spandau Ballet songs in this chart. I know, Kev, I know. (laughs) Woo-hoo, Brian, woo-hoo. And you know one of them's going to make my list, don't you? No. Yes, it is. What is it? Which one? Well, it's it's going to be higher up than number three. It's not going to be number three. It's going to be higher up. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, but I'm, I'm I'm with you with Send Me an Angel, but I won't put it in there, but I'm with you with that. That was a good song, a really good song. Yeah. Worked really well. Uh, unfortunately, the only really big hit they had, but where did it get to in America? Was top was it top ten in America? Yeah, and then they got re-released. Um, Someone sampled it in something, didn't they? Yeah, there's been 12 inches of it, and I think there's a – a baseball team called the Angels. Yeah. And they used to California. play it all the time. California Angels, yeah. Oh, okay. So they used to play it a lot too. So, yeah, he did very well out of it. 
All right. Well, I'm going to whack in. Uh, I, I would put that in, but you've already put it in. Australiana, I agree with you, Fanny. Uh, though I've left it out because it's not a song as such. But yeah, that was that was huge. He was he was massive, Austin. He was he was funny. I went and saw him live a fair few times, and he was genuinely funny. But my number three, I'm going you know, to make. Gil- Gilbo did a great sort of version of it called Vegiana. No, I do. With, right. with vegetables. That's right. Yes, I do remember that. It's so funny. I do remember that. Did did Gilbo do one with um, Melbourne street names or something as well? Like Melbourne suburbs. Suburbs. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Melbourne suburbs, and then with the fruit and vegetables. But you know, we <laughs> it was just funny the way he did it. Yeah. You know, we can't alone. Let us run away together. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, very good. Uh, so my number three good, I'm going to make a Church of the Poison Mind by uh, Culture Club. Ugh, ugh. I beg your pardon, Brian, something caught in your throat? Oh, you're really struggling to put that piece of shit in, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had listened to it this morning. No, it's not a bad, it's not a bad song. It's probably, oh, look, I'm, I'm not picking between great songs here. Let's be no, honest. No, yeah, it's true. Okay, what do you got at two, Brian? Um, number two. Worst one. The worst, okay. Virgins of Swastikas. China Girl by David Bowie. God, this is written by Iggy Pop and David Bowie. It's the most pretentious lyric, Visions of Swastikas. Get a grip on yourself. <laughs> um, I, I hated that Let's Dance album. I think it's, yeah. I just hate every freaking song on it, and this one is the worst song on it. Yeah, I, I, so that's my number three bad. I agree. Yeah, number two bad, yeah. Yeah, and, number two bad. And your number two good? Um, look, you know, it's a cliche. It's been played to death. But every breath you take by the police is probably my favourite police song. Um, I really liked it when it first came out. And, but they have played the shit out of it. But um, I still like it. It's a bit of a rip-off of Stand By Me, but so what? Yep. Okay. Surprise me yeah, there, right. Brian. Surprise me there. Finey. Yeah, surprise myself there. Yeah. Finey? Okay. My number two bad. Well, first of all, it was bad because I, I remember, you know, I was playing cricket when this song came out and certain members of the team sort of sort of funny to put my name in the title instead of the actual name. So that was annoying. <laughs> oh, I know what you're going to do. I think I know what you're going to yeah, I had this. Sam decided to have a, a name that rhymed. So Kevin Schmevin and Brian McFly, and I'm going for Shiny Shiny by Hazy Fantasy. Oh, Finey, oh. Finey. Oh, yes. Yeah. That is shitful. That is it the is. most shitful song ever. It is, isn't it? They thought they were Duran Duran, but oh, God. It certainly was. No, they were cockheads. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Brian, for that. And too. number two, good one. Um, I do really like this song. I don't know why, but it's Electric Avenue. Yeah. Eddie Grant. Yeah. Yeah. I used to mix up Eddie Grant and Eddie Money a lot, and Eddie Rabbit and Eddie Maguire. But <laughs> it's a few Eddies. Yeah, I don't mind Electric Avenue. Okay. Uh, now, my number two in the bad pile um, – is uh, Ricky Lee Jones from her Lush Life album with a track called Girl at Her Volcano. Um, I don't know if you remember it, boys, but 
I think the Lush Life album was a concept that she came up with where you just sit at the piano and get absolutely pissed as a cricket and uh, and just dribble songs out of your gob. And that's exactly what she did. So if that was the uh, the, the mission, she achieved it, but God, it's a unbelievably uh, not annoying song. It's just you listen to it and go, why did anyone release this? When there's so many good songs that don't get released, why did someone release this? And then the yeah. second part of that is, why did someone go and buy it? So that's well, yeah. yeah, that's my number two, uh, and my number two best. I'm going to stick in. Oh, gee, I should put black and white by in excess in, but I'm actually yeah, no, well, I'll put black and white by in excess in there because I quite like that. So. That's yeah. uh, that's that's my number two. Just beats uh, men at work out of a out of a spot in there because I like men at work. Right, Brian, you're number one. Okay, he was at the toss up to the number one bad one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go for no nah, stuff, but I'll go for Truth by Spandau Ballet. No, I don't like it. <coughs> don't wear suits to a rock and roll gig. You don't wear suits to a rock and roll gig. The Beatles, the Beatles wore suits. <laughs> They're the Beatles. They're okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, <laughs> Yeah. Consolation to um, Bob Marley. He was right up there. He's Buff- one of the worst there too. But Buffalo Soldiers best, awful. Yeah, I don't like that at all either. My best song, though, mm-hmm. is um, number 29, Orchard Road by Leo Sayer. Okay. That's a, that's a good song. It's a bit beatly. I think, but um, yeah, I always liked that song. So uh, I think it's produced and written by him and Peter Carpenter. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, no, lovely vocal performance by Leo, and that as always. Yes. Right, O'Fani, what do you got at the top? Uh, my number three bad, one of the most overplayed songs in my life. So I wasn't surprised when I went to YouTube and it had eight hundred and thirty-five million views. Oh my god. Um. I found, I found this person particularly disturbing, off-putting and weird, um, which made her the forerunner to Celine Dion for me. Ugh. But it's Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, uh, yeah. I must have heard that 4,000 times in the background, in car, you know, in turning on the car, whatever, and I've never once wanted to hear it. Yep. So, so... If there's a sort of a, a music god out there, can you stop friggin' having that going on in the background of my life? Because I don't like it. Yep. There'll be there'll be um, a, a stu- there's a steward's inquiry into how Mannix didn't fit that into his list, but uh, we'll we'll get back to that. Yeah, and and if that comes out as a parody of Joe Bright Biden, the total eclipse of the fart, then I'm not going to be happy either. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and your number one in the good. Uh, by a, a mile, a country mile. This is this is actually first of all, it's a good song. It's historically important. It was the first ever twelve inch single brought out in the history of music. Right. It was also very important because it was after um, Ian Curtis of Joy Division took his own life. The rest of the band said, "That's it. We're not going to play music ever again." But luckily, they did. And their first track was a tribute to Curtis. It's called Blue Monday by New Order. Okay, yep. 
and Lotho became a, a, an important music and dance track. Yeah, it didn't get, it got a, like there was a dub version from 1988 or something where it, it went through the roof again. Yeah, so, you know, how does it feel? Treat me like you do. Yep. That's all about the lead singer of their band Joy Division. Okay. He took his own look. There you go. All right, good choice. Good choice. Um, My number three bad could have been any one of the ones that uh, you both mentioned. Uh, There's a million of them there. There's. uh, uh, I'm not a big fan. If you do a cover version of a song, you've got to do something to it to make it better, or at least you shouldn't do anything to it to make people hate a song that they once did like. And Naked Eyes turned always something there to remind me into a song that I now hate and loathe, and yet the original version four or 20 years probably previous to this, um, was actually quite a nice little song, but they killed it. So I'm putting Naked Eyes up there as my number one, but only just ahead of, you know, Buffalo Soldier and Rock and Roll is King and Stand Back and Bad Boys by Wham and, oh, God, there's some awful songs in this chart. And my number one, Brian, we share our number ones. Yes. Except yours is on the bad list and mine's on the good list. You've done it again this week. Third week in a row you've done this, except it's not final this week, it's me. My number one is True by Spando Bella. I love that song. That's a really good song. Really? Yeah, really, Brian, really. So what's what's it to you, Mannix? Can I be the casual on this one? Yeah, go on. All right, so One Hate and One Love True by Spando Bella. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll do it like a ring announcer. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of True by unanimous decision, Brian. It is a shit song. Well Yay! <laughs> I want to thank God and all my trainer and all the people that got me here, but I want to thank God most of all. You know what it was? It was a betrayal because I liked when To Cut a Long Story Short came out, which yeah, was, I song. think, Bandai Ballet's first track, I yep. think. Well, it was first hit, first yeah. Hit. Yep. Yeah. That was a certain type of music, the new romantic rock punk verse, you know, and then they became the pathetic balladeers with True and Gold and all that shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Gee, just as well I don't take this personally, you blokes. God. It is shit as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now off the feedback, Ben Dobson says, good chart, Ben, seriously. Um, Come on, Ben, ladies yeah, you go. Ben's got the walls came down, has some frenzied keyboards by the great Garth Hudson from the band. Also, Moonlight Shadow was a That's sub- the guy I thought was not totally human. <laughs> oh, good. There you go. Um, Moonlight Shadow was a subconscious tribute to John Lennon. Apparently Mike Oldfield arrived in New York the afternoon that Lennon was shot and was staying in the same part of Central Park West. So there you go. Uh, Stavros was he, Jones. Was he a suspect? I don't know. Yeah. Did they take him in for questioning? <laughs> Stavros Jones said some pretty good songs here. Couldn't it? And there people looking at the same chart I am. Um, I'll put down what I liked at the time. Good flash dance, beat it, and every breath you take, bad. Shiny, shiny, fraction too much friction, and I'm still standing. Uh, Steve Cameron says, bad, I'm still standing, awful song, great artist. Number two, always something there to remind me, absolute crap version. His goods were Moonlight Shadow by Mike Oldfield, Beat It and Australiana. Um, 
Ian Jarvis says, the songs that have aged well are Blue Monday, Sweet Dreams and Nobody's Diary by Yazoo. And the songs that haven't aged well, Candy Girl, Shiny Shiny and uh, Girl at Her Volcano. Uh, fair enough. And the Ronnie Millsap song that's in there, which is is weird song. Um, many great memories here, says Heidi. Uh, top three good, I'm still standing, fraction too much fi- fr- friction and communication. Oh, Heidi, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere to run and hide you on those, please. Oh, and who, gee, lovey. Who, who hurt you, Heidi? Who hurt you? <laughs> and her bad ones were Flash Dance, Every Breath You Take and Sweet Dreams. Now, before you have another crack at it, Brian, she said she bases the three bad ones on the fact that how much those songs were thrashed on the radio. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, oh, sounds like Heidi's come to her senses. Julie and Greg Langham make a good point. I found Australiana very hard to dance to. Yeah, have to, t- <laughs> have to take points off of that one, I agree. We mentioned David uh, Cheat earlier. He backed in Fraction Too Much Friction. Um, and now Ian, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, I think that's about it. Peter White says, Church of the Poison Mine is the best song on this list. Send me an angel number two. Nothing else on it I could listen to. So there you go. Well. There's a man out there our own heart. And I don't reckon we'll be visiting 1983. It may be put on the not-to-go-back-to list. Um, right. Jeez. I'll tell you yeah. one thing I did notice, Brian. The number 11 album was Dazed for Days by Wendy and the Rockets. Yeah. Uh, they had um, Play the Game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. which, was, which yeah. was a big song. It must have it, – its run on the chart must have finished by that, but the album was still, uh, was still hanging in there. Hanging uh, away. All right, boys. Do you reckon a good name for a company that fixes roofs would be the Bonnie Tyler? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they were Scottish. Yes, that would, that would be the, a good name for Bonnie Tyler. Yeah, quite like that. would that. be good. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, boys. It's been fun as always, and we shall, uh, we shall catch up next week. Uh, look after yourselves. Shall do. Take, you, know what, you know what I say? What? I'm better being a member of rock and roll than a pair of Joe Biden's undies. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, there's only marginally less shit involved, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, boys. On that note, on that note. <laughs> Bye-bye for now. Goodbye. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.